0: Welcome everyone to this edition of Human Wisdom Live. And today we're going to talk about loneliness, something that affects every human being and impacts our lives in so many ways. My guest today is Dominic Curran, who's the Head of Education for Human Wisdom. So Dominic, welcome.
1: Thanks Manoj, thank you.
0: Yes, and I'm um, sorry, I'm Manoj Krishna, the founder of Human Wisdom for those who are watching and listening so Dominic, it's a huge problem in the world. Sixty percent of people in the world, in some studies, say they feel lonely.
1: And um, interestingly, in I think it was a couple of years ago in in England, they set up a, a minister for loneliness, such yes. was the problem. I think probably post pandemic, really, um, yes. it was highlighted.
0: And they say a third of people in marriages feel lonely. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a group of young. Students, So, um, in a lecture theater in Northumbria University and I said, how many of you feel lonely? And it was 60, 70%. And I said, how come you all are so connected online, etc. And you still feel lonely. So it's a huge problem, not just for the elderly who live alone, but also for the young people who are surrounded by everybody else. Um, and the reason it's important is because all the research is showing with that, with loneliness, comes an increased risk of dementia, mental health problems, stroke, heart disease, increased risk of an early death, maybe 14%. And it's as d- dangerous as cigarette smoking. So it's a huge problem. So Dominic, perhaps you could explain what's the human wisdom approach? What? What? How are we going to approach this in a way that's different to perhaps what's out there?
1: I, I think that... The main aspect is is curiosity, Manoj. This is about a journey into understanding ourselves, yes. um, More so that we can understand others, and I think that that on this journey through the human wisdom approach, this um, self exploration, if you like, for for me anyway, has been the key to uh, to a a, a much um, happier life. Quite exactly. Richer life,
0: right. So when you take a problem like loneliness, normally the mind is conditioned to try and solve the problem. So it's always looking for solutions. And what we're saying is, yes, you could do that, but let's begin by being curious about what's creating that feeling in ourselves in the first place and what's going on, you know inside. why does why are we uncomfortable being alone? why is what is going on here? Okay. so, Let's start by exploring some of the common reasons why people feel lonely. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I I think this, the way I see it, there's there's probably two aspects. Really, is there's loneliness where you are alone, Mm. um, but there's loneliness where you are possibly um, in a community of some description or in a relationship of some description. But I think um, you know, if if you take the the first one, a relationship. You know, it may well be that you've that you've had a breakup, or um, you know, you've you've been bereaved in some way. Um, you know, so that you are physically alone.
0: Yes, and the other part is where you are with people, but you don't feel understood. You don't feel connected. Um, in fact, yesterday I was talking to a young woman from Dubai um, as part of our conversation with young people. And she said she went to see a therapist, and for the first time in her life, she felt heard. And that really struck me as profound, you know, that we don't feel heard. We don't feel understood by the people in our lives, and that can make us feel lonely too. And we're going to explore that a little bit more. the other aspect of that, of course, is that maybe we don't feel connected with ourselves. We don't like ourselves, or do you want to expand a little on that?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think um, as I'm sure many of us, well, well no doubt, we're, we're all sitting here thinking there's the, there's an internal um, monologue dialogue happening um, within ourselves. And a lot of it can be quite self-critical um, and obviously like anything if you if you don't like a particular person you won't want to spend time with them and if you don't like yourselves then you probably don't want to spend time with yourself
0: that's a beautiful line actually because helen uh, wayne dyer said you're never lonely if you like the person you're alone with
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so maybe one of the reasons we feel lonely is because we don't like ourselves and uh, there's negative self-talk um, which can lead to you know social anxiety, we can get depressed, it can lead to isolation. And of course we're also restless, aren't we? We, we? we're just not comfortable being still and being alone mm-hmm.
2: uh,
1: And I think sometimes as well part of it is you know you you feel the need for that external approval as well, don't you manage you know that, that external validation that somebody else, to to validate the kind of person you are and maybe that's what you that's what we tend to look for
0: yes so the mind is wired to seek external validation like someone else to like me so I can like myself and if that's not come is that if I'm not aware of that need and I'm expecting it from people and I'm not getting that then that can also contribute to feeling alone lonely isolated you know all of that right Mm -hmm. and of course despite hundreds and thousands of friends on social media we can still feel lonely because there's no real connection
1: yeah uh, and and the reason why there isn't a, a real connection with people on social media is usually because you don't see the real person yes um you know they, they talk about everybody's show reveal, not the outtakes that that uh, people and display on social media and and obviously if if what you're looking at is is the what looks like the best version of their lives and you compare your life to that of course you're not going to feel connected because it's something that's that's so far removed from what your experience is
0: yes and you're not authentic so you're not you're not authentic and it's hard being authentic it takes real courage to be authentic that means to turn up as you are um mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about that too okay so how does loneliness impact us what are the different ways in which this feeling shapes a
1: human life um well for for me one of the one of the ways I've to uh, consider when we we've been looking at this um an issue for for one of my children you know he, he's he suffered from uh, social anxiety and it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle really you know he's He he feels as though he's um, not good enough, I suppose, in in some way. It creates social anxiety, which then led to him staying at home, not going out, which then leads to increased isolation, which then leads to further self-criticism. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle you can get yourself into, really.
0: Or we can become so desperate for company. Hmm. You know, we can come across as really desperate for a relationship. Anybody will do kind of thing. And of course we end up in really unsuitable relationships which don't serve us, or we are in unsuitable relationships, but are afraid to leave. So I had this classic case the other day where someone was saying they felt really unhappy in their relationship and they left, but then they encountered this wall of loneliness which they didn't know how to deal with, so they went back, mm-hmm. and this cycle continued two or three times. It was a kind of yo-yo. And if you're not aware of what's going on in your own mind, this is a common pattern that mm-hmm. uh, we see quite often. Um, I think
1: with with young people as well. Managed, I, I work with young people who are disengaged from school, and and one of the things that I notice about them is the kind of inappropriate relationships. They want a sense of belonging. They want to belong to some sort of community. And because of that, either desperation or, or whatever reason, they um, they, they pick a, a group of people who, you know, maybe engaged in criminal activity or drugs or, or, or something like that, but they get their sense of belonging from that. Whereas if they're removed from that, they may well feel lonely. You know. Yes.
0: I remember this uh, quote from Elton John that he said he spent 16 years in addiction because he just wanted to fit in. Mm -hmm. He was taking drugs just to be part of a group, just to feel he could fit in. So this loneliness operates often without our own awareness in the background, pushing us to join groups which may be unsuitable and keeping us trapped there, right? Because again, the fear of being alone is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know? So when I go around schools and I ask children, I said, why are you so concerned about what other people think about you? And I've got the same answer from a five-year-old and an 18-year-old, which is otherwise I would be alone. And I said, have you ever tried being alone? And they said, no, we haven't. So we are frightened of something we actually haven't even tried, young people haven't even tried um, for themselves. Okay, but it can also lead to uh, drink and drugs, counted it, to numb the pain of loneliness, right? So you're on your own, a glass of wine becomes a bottle of wine, and then before you know it you've got an alcohol dependency or a drug dependency and so on,
1: right? and 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 again you know that that, that kind of, that's an element of distraction isn't it so and, and much like you know being addicted to your mobile phone even you know just something that will occupy the mind that distracts us from those those feelings that, uh, yes. that that are uncomfortable yeah
0: so loneliness has so many layers to it right there's the actual feeling of loneliness but at a most subtle level it's the reason we're on our phone all the time because we want to the mind wants to be occupied It can't stand being unoccupied, Mm -hmm. which again feels uncomfortable. It feels like a hurt. By the way, for all our guests, please uh, keep your questions and comments. And when Dominic and I finish speaking in about 15, 20 minutes, we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments as we travel. Okay. Um, It also makes us feel unloved, right? Being alone, we feel unloved. And it's such a core human need we have.
1: Yeah, and what comes to mind there is, again, returning to to the love that we have for ourselves. You know, you feel unloved, so you look externally for mm-hmm. the love. You look for someone else to provide that for you. Yes. Which we know can lead to all kinds of issues. So the human mind is
0: wired to seek nourishment from the outside, to feel good on the inside. we're not aware of that process see because and what we're asking is why are we insufficient on the inside and that word insufficient could equally translate to loneliness you know if you're on your own and the mind assumes that because this feeling is not there when i'm with people therefore it's caused by the lack of people (laughs) just see what i mean but actually that's not true because even when you're with people you can have this feeling sometimes the loneliest feeling is when you're in a big group and you feel you're not connecting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, on your own, you might be okay, but in a big group, you feel even more disconnected and lonely and the need, you know, it feels quite painful. Okay. So, all right, let's now look for solutions. So if you are someone who is alone, doesn't have many friends, what are the things you can do? What gets in the way of moving forward?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's 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 all of the obvious ones, isn't there? Um, if you consider what your your interests, your hobbies, your passions are, obviously there's you, you know we are despite what we're saying, we're a very connected world. You know, online there 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 is a way to find groups of like-minded people. Um, you know that that maybe are you can gain connections in terms of shared interests, hobbies, those sorts yes. of things. Yes.
0: But perhaps you have to ask yourself, because that's such an obvious answer, mm-hmm. Why? what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. What's stopping you from being more outgoing, connected with people? Mm-hmm. And it could be a lack of confidence, a lack of mm-hmm. some social anxiety that you worry what people will think of you if you turn up Actually, in a sleep and so on. Just,
1: just on the social anxiety, just going back to, to my son, one of the one of the the dangers, if you like, of of such labels, is that it begins to feel heavy. It begins to become a problem. Actually, Gopalan, we're, you know, we've just been talking about what is a problem. My son labelled um, himself as having social anxiety. When I was younger, that was known as being shy. And it wasn't necessarily then a problem. It was just something that you would that you would have to um, overcome. So for me, it's it's you know, that's one of the things we've got to be careful of about the the weight that we place and the judgments that we place upon the labels that we might be giving um, ourselves. Yes.
0: And the moment you call it anxiety, depression, you think, well, I can't solve it. Somebody else has to fix it for me. Do you know what I mean? You medicalize the whole thing, or I need a tablet, or I need a therapist. Actually, you don't fix this yourself. One more thing to realize just occurred to me is if you are on your own and you don't like anybody, you think nobody, you have to ask yourself, are you a warm, friendly, and approachable person? Could the central common denominator be you? Do you know what I mean? Like some, Mm -hmm. I know some people who don't like anybody they meet and actually the common denominator is them because they're judgmental, you know, and they don't give off this warm energy. We were talking about energy.
1: Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that, Dominic? Oh, right. Um, This, this, this can sometimes get a little, I think, is it woo woo is the, is the term that everyone will recognize
0: what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think when I have what I would class as deep conversations where I feel a real connection and by connection, I don't mean, I don't mean just on the surface. I'm talking about almost like a soul to soul connection, if you like, where that happens, there is a palpable energy. Mm. Actually, I was, you know, I I taught in, in schools for, for many, many years and you can bring an energy into the front of a classroom you can you can sense the energy that's generated by the children in front of you um and that can that can can have can bring such a deep connection actually um, you know you can be open authentic um, and and just the the well, I guess I guess a smile, a smile on your face going in with a positive energy, yes. it will be reciprocated. It's a natural human experience, isn't it? To reciprocate what we what we see. So
0: So we're if you're at all sensitive, you meet somebody, you can tell what their energy is. Is it someone who's happy, warm, friendly? Do you want to is it someone who's likable? Do you want to spend time with them or not? So you have to ask yes. yourself, what energy do you carry with you? And maybe ask people around you who are close. How do I come across? We never ask that question. Right? We never ask our closest, how do I come across? What sort of energy do you get from me? By the word energy, I just mean this feeling that you generate or other people feel around you. You know, And of course, you can see that. If someone is angry, you can immediately sense that. Or if someone is sad or someone's happy, all of these things you can sense without a single word being spoken. Okay, so that's one simple thing about looking. Um, if you're on your own, you're looking to make new friends. Ask yourself, what's holding you back? And that question can help you resolve those issues. Uh, is there something you can do to grow or change as a person to make you more likable
1: and so on? Right. I think I think as what comes to mind, then, managers is about. It's, it's almost like taking a risk in some way, particularly if you if you're feeling um you know uh, anxious about. Um, I had a conversation with my son yesterday around um just going out with a group of friends and we spoke about how some people in that in that group are the organizers some people are the people who will say shall we do this let's go here and you'll have other people who are quite happy to sit back and not do anything and, and really if you're if you're feeling in that that position sometimes it, it it feels a bit risky because we're risking possible rejection here but actually you've got to take the step to say well actually why don't i make the suggestion why don't i take the first step to try and open up a, a conversation or a relationship
0: yes i remember when i was younger i used to be really shy and i used to be frightened of meeting people because you're worried about what people will think about you but i want to share another story you know which is what got me started on this whole human wisdom journey about 40 plus years ago. I was cycling up a bridge, going to medical school. I was only 18 or 19. And I had this deep feeling of loneliness. And I thought, where's that coming from? I'm surrounded by loving friends, family, you know, there was no shortage of people. And that curiosity is what started my journey, you know, to say, what's going on? So for you too, it could be Curiosity. Remember, it's a part of being human. Okay, moving on to another question, which is perhaps more important. I think is how can we deepen our connection with others? Because the loneliness you feel in a relationship is much more painful sometimes than the loneliness you feel on your own. Would you? What do you think of that?
1: Yeah, I think this again to to have a deeper connection we we can talk about you know the, the physical aspects of smiling keeping eye contact and and listening but when i say listening i think that for me the um the, the the best way i get a deeper connection with people is by being curious yes and yes. when i say curious i really mean Am I really interested in this other person? Am I really taking note of what they're saying? Am I am I considering where they're coming from? Because, well, two things. First of all, as as you mentioned earlier on, that person will then feel heard and seen and understood. Yes. And you you can't, you, you know, that's a a huge gift to give somebody else. But what it actually does is as well, it removes the focus from me. I'm, I'm not thinking about me and what I look like or how I sound or am I saying the right thing or am I listening to respond? And I want to get my opinion across to remain genuinely interested and curious in the other person will form that huge um, a deep connection. And ah. I think that's for me is one of the most important and most powerful ways.
0: So that's really beautiful. So we need to be curious. We are, we are rarely curious. We never, Mm -hmm. someone tells us something, we rarely follow it up with a question. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. we always follow it up with a comment. And if we want someone to listen to us with that depth, we have to offer that as well. And we have to do this actively. Because Mm -hmm. if you're just passive, your mind is not going to allow that depth of connection. So listening is one thing. Curiosity is one. And then I think when we meet people, we have to let go of, all our, as many expectations as we can, and all the memory of all the disappointments that relationship has brought you, If you're in a close relationship, you would have accumulated all the memories of those disappointments. Mm -hmm. And your mind does that automatically. You don't even have to do that consciously, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: She didn't do this, he didn't do that, you know, and so on. So Mm -hmm. it builds that wall between people slowly.
1: Uh, I think just to share, my personal experience, um, you know, going through a, a divorce, there was there was definitely a buildup of those expectations, and I would confess that th- there were probably many times when um, I went into a, a, a conversation with um, my ex, but I had. So many expectations, negative expectations. That, well, I'm gonna say this, but she probably won't listen. She never listens. So I'll, and actually, what what the irony there is? I'm building up the barrier.
0: Yes, yes,
1: yes. But I think it's her.
0: Yes. Oh, that's just so beautifully said, right? So profound, right? So we are the people in our own mind, rather unconsciously, is putting the wall up between us and others but we think it's them. And the wall is being put up by all our expectations which are not met, all our memory of hurts which we carry with us, all the assumptions we make about what they're thinking. (laughs) Right? So if you want to deepen your connection with others, you have to begin by working on yourself, being curious. What's going on inside you? And if you want to take that journey, then the Human Wisdom App offers you all the tools to do that. And we'll talk about that in a in a minute. What about vulnerability, Dominic? It's such an important part of deepening
1: our connection with others. Uh, absolutely. I um I think well, actually, I suppose what what have I done today? I've spoken about my son, yes, who's you know got social anxiety. I've spoken about a divorce. You know, I I suppose what I'm saying there is I'm laying myself open. I'm laying myself open, vulnerable, honest, and saying, this is me. Yes. With the expectation, hopefully, that others will think, ah, you too. And when others think that, when others see your vulnerability, they are much more likely to be more comfortable, more vulnerable, more open and honest. And you can really have a genuinely deep connection.
0: Yes. Many, many years ago, when I was in med school, I came across this beautiful little book by a chap called John Powell. Um, and he had five layers of communication or connection. So when we first meet people, you know, we talk about the weather and so on. That's level one. Level two is we talk about what we what our thoughts are about other things, politicians, you know, whatever. Then we talk about our thoughts about each other or our, you know, uh, and our opinions about things. We share our opinions and beliefs, my personal opinions about things. And then we start talking about what we feel. I might be feeling angry or hurt, but the deepest level of communication is when I start sharing what I feel about you. And that is the hardest thing to share, oh Dominic, you've disappointed me. I felt, or rather, I felt disappointed because of this. And you can say, Manoj, this happened, and, and so that level of communication. And if it can be done in a way which is not confrontational, gentle, exploratory, that's what really brings that depth of connection. I think
1: just to point out what you what you said there, Manoj. And you said, Dominic, you disappointed me, but then quickly changed to yes. I felt disappointed. Yes, yes. And I think that's a really important, important point, isn't it? To to yes. say, actually, this is about how I feel, not how you make me feel.
0: Yes, yes. But to share that, to be authentic, be yes. yourself. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we've explored that. Now, what about how can we deepen our connection with ourselves? There's only two things to end loneliness, deepen our connection with others, which we've explored, but also to deepen our connection with ourselves. Now, people might listen to that and say, what does that even mean? How do I, you know, what does connecting with myself mean? How could we begin exploring that subject?
1: Um, well, I think I think we, we mentioned it earlier on, you know, you've got to like the person that you spend most of your time with, which is yourself. Yes. Um, so it's important to work on yourself yes um you know a lot of a lot of what i hear um, from the young people that i work with to to adults there's a lot of self criticism self judgment and, and I, one of the things i used to say was if if you had like This inner critic, if they were sitting next to you in the car and you're driving the car and they're your passenger and they said all of these things that you say to yourself, would you, would you continue to say, yeah, you're welcome, you're welcome in my car, or would you actually say, actually, I need you to get out here, I don't, I'm not enjoying this journey, and yet we, we actually do, we, we can be so hard on ourselves
0: Yes. And the important thing to realize is that you are not consciously hard on yourself. It's the unconscious way your mind works that creates this feeling. So, for example, your mind is comparing with others and you're not aware of it, or you're seeking external approval and maybe not getting it, or you are conditioned to think, I need to be, you know, up the... 10th rung of that ladder and I'm only on rung two and everyone else you know and so on so I'm disappointing people so there's that whole conditioning or my self-image I I think I'm too fat or too thin or whatever it might be I'm not happy with some part of me my nose (laughs) or whatever so all of those things are happening in the background creating this feeling of being disconnected with ourselves so to address that Again, you need to go inwards, explore, understand what's happening in your own thinking, right? Make peace with yourself.
1: I think it's important, again, to, to remain curious and to, to notice when that's happening yes. and just suspend judgment, suspend judgment for for a little while. Just to, to remain curious and say, all right, I've noticed I'm, I'm saying something about myself. I'm saying I'm not good enough. sit with it sit with it and don't say oh yeah that's right actually where does that come from as you say does it come from conditioning am i comparing myself to others is that serving me is that actually helpful at this moment in time
0: so maybe it's a good time to introduce this really profound and beautiful um i don't i hesitate to use the word technique but an approach to dealing with a feeling like loneliness which is to look without language, or as John D. says, sit with or be with, you know, and to be with that without naming it. So there is a way of being with a feeling, just like you'd watch a bird fly across the sky not commenting or thinking, you're just noticing. You can notice something and not have to think about it. So you can notice this feeling rising in you you, you're with it you let it be and to your surprise it'll rise and s- transform into peace because you've cut off the oxygen supply which is your own thinking process which is actually what creates that in the first place so if you just stay with that feeling it transforms to solitude which is peace right mm-hmm.
1: that's a very different word isn't it to loneliness solitude yes, yes.
0: It's the same person who's alone, but comfortable with being alone. And maybe one of the things we could also suggest is take time to be alone. So you'll realize it's not the scary thing you think it is. See that you don't have to run from it. You can make your peace with it. And again, this is one way of just being with it. Okay. Here's now, let's move on to the last question of this exploration, which is, perhaps really profound and deep, and that is what is this I that feels lonely? We say I feel lonely. If there was no I, would there be any loneliness?
1: I wonder if I wonder if babies feel lonely.
0: Yes. Yes. And you also mentioned toddlers, right? Uh, Like
1: Influence. well yeah it's it, it's why it, it's why i asked the question around about babies because you know we you know we're born we come into this world and um we have i suppose very little of that conditioning mm. the the experience the content of our memories all of these sorts of things and obviously the older we get the more conditioned we become and certainly working in a primary school um I would say you'd say very few children uh certainly the younger children who were lonely mm. even if they were alone and playing alone they would be in a whole of the world you know in in the floor um enjoying themselves
0: yes so absorbed very, whatever they they're doing
1: lonely.
0: yes mm. uh, yeah so i mean and you see interestingly we are conditioned to living our lives so that everything makes the self bigger and bigger. I want to be special. I want to be different. I want to be better than others. I want to be unique, right? And society celebrates that. It applauds every time we become more unique. But the more unique we become, the more separate we
1: become from
0: others. And that contributes to this feeling of loneliness too, right?
1: It's, it's a real paradox, isn't it, that we, in a way, the way I, the way I see it is that, we, that we're all born from the same source, we come from the same source, and we go back to energy in a way, well, actually, we're all part of the same energy, so we are intimately connected with each other, but as we grow, as we experience this human um, life, we begin to become more unique, which is a great thing but actually it then creates this disconnection with others. And actually, the way I see it, we we are intimately connected to every other person on the planet and can't be unconnected.
0: Yes. So if we fall for our own narrative that I'm special, Mm -hmm. the more special you are, the more paradoxically lonely you'll feel, So I'm thinking of leaders, of organizations. Mm -hmm. Leadership is a really lonely place. Mm -hmm. It's a common thing all leaders say, it's a very lonely place. And everyone else, of course, wants to be that leader, not realizing it's such a painful place to be sometimes. And again, it's because of this whole thing. So the more we go inwards and understand the nature of the I, and realize that it's a creation of our own thinking process. And me telling you that doesn't mean anything. It's only important if you discover it for yourself. Then it becomes a living truth in your life, and your life starts shifting and changing from the inside. Okay, maybe it's time for us to stop talking, Dominic, and invite our guests to to share their thoughts on the subject. But before we do that, I'm just going to take people on a quick tour and show them around the resources we've developed in the um, Human Wisdom app, which address all of these things. So um, starting from the bottom of the app, it's this section called Understand Yourself, which is the art of inquiry. Like how do you explore a subject like loneliness? So there are only three steps. You notice it, you accept it's coming from you, so you're curious, and then you ask a question, what's going on in me? to make me feel this way and that opens the door to learning about yourself and then this is these are are all the unconscious ways of how our mind works so we're conditioned we've talked about many of these our emotional needs our inner boredom our need for external approval and then we have all our emotions like our anxiety which holds us back from connecting with people for example or if you're experiencing sorrow and loss and you feel disconnected, there is a whole module on loneliness which explores the subject in much more depth. And then you can apply this to all aspects of your life, including your relationships, love, and so on. There's much more here to explore, but I'll pause there. You yeah. also talked about hurt, Gopalan. That, look, yes. Is a yes. Feeling yes. Of yes. Feeling hurt, right? Yeah. That's why yeah. we're looking for an answer on the outside. Uh, but maybe, as you rightly said, the hurt is on the inside, so the answer to it also lies on the inside. First, begin yeah. here, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to do that,
3: you see uh that's because we are not uh, <laughs> that's because you're not sitting still. yes uh i I had a quote some time back. Very connected virtually, yet virtually very disconnected within.
1: Mm, mm,
0: mm. Okay, well, thank you for that. Um, John Dee, we'll come back to you, Gopalan. What are, my, what are your thoughts, John Dee?
2: Well, I loved uh, what Dominic had said earlier about the paradox. Uh, the paradox of wanting, of I think, of humans wanting to be special and also fearing to be different. Yes. So there's a very interesting line we always walk between special and different, because different can be dangerous, different can be penalized, special can be lauded or rewarded, and what is that and how do we tell? So I do come back to that sitting with thing, And my favorite uh, question to ask is, can I sit with the discomfort of the question at least long enough to get some useful information? And so that's what I would.
0: Somebody told me the other day that suffering is valuable if it leads to learning. Mm -hmm. Suffering is valuable if it leads to insight. And this is what you said, right? Can I sit with that feeling of, discomfort lonely whatever word don't even give it a word you know we all know what it is because we don't need to give it a word right we're human we know what it is can we sit with that feeling and ask what is teaching us what can we learn from that we never ask that you see we're so quick to find looking for
2: solutions
0: we never Mm -hmm. we're not curious
2: I, I would add this because I believe that's absolutely true. And I would also add this as an ability to stretch out another moment or two of noticing and sitting with, to say, is that even mine? Mm. Mm. We often take this on from others, their expectation, their, their training, their, their comments, uh, their own issues. So it, I think it's a valuable question too to say. And is this mine?
0: A good yes. Pitch. Yes. Okay. Anyone else with a, a comment or a question? Um, Sandra, do you want to chime in with anything?
4: Not really. I'm I'm quite quite, ugh, quite shy. <laughs>
1: okay, that's. Fine. I, I
4: have learned I have learned something though from listening. I don't let people in, so my my loneliness comes from just fear of moving forward really so i have learned something <laughs> yes. i have to work on it well
0: sakshi's uh, here she's one of our human wisdom coaches in new delhi and works mainly with young people and she's saying that she's got a bad throat so i'm going to speak for her she's saying all mental health issues stem from loneliness depression anxiety And it's important to explore the types of loneliness, as that's what's making our world sick. Emotional loneliness is the absence of meaningful relationships. Social loneliness is a perceived deficit in the quality of social connections. And existential loneliness is a feeling of fundamental separateness from others and the wider world. Uh, Interesting to kind of uh, explore that in give those you know in these different ways um any thoughts on that
4: yeah I've just started to work work with somebody and where I've been shutting out is probably from grief my husband died 17 years ago and I miss him like hell and yeah it's just been very 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 hard and I felt as if everyone is just too busy for me so working with this lady she's a friend of yours she said so she sent me this information um and I'm already learning a little bit you know sort of Asking yes. for help. Yeah, I don't know how to ask. Well, I've been asking, so I'm getting, I'm, I'm started anyway. <laughs> I'm started on the journey.
0: Yes, yes. Thank you. So you see, Sandra, one way of looking at the loneliness which follows bereavement, for example, could be that actually it was there all along, but it was covered over by being in a relationship with someone. And when that someone disappears when we're back to that feeling, we think it's because that someone's gone, but actually it's part of being human. Yeah. You know, it was the kind of there all along. Just whenever the I comes into being, we, that's the beginning of separateness, right? As you said, a little toddler where the sense of I is not yet fully formed, they can be fully absorbed. You leave them alone. On the floor, they'll be playing with something for hours on end and never look to you or, you know, whatever. They need the mother, but not other company. But as the sense of I becomes more and more established, we feel more and more separate. And paradoxically, here's the paradox. It's the thinking process that creates the sense of I. And the thinking process that says, I need to find a solution for loneliness.
1: <laughs> Which I think we spoke about that earlier. And it's, we're not lonely when we're asleep.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So there's no I when we're sleeping, you see. So, but it's something that everyone needs to explore for themselves. Gopalan, you're nodding your head. Do you have any thoughts on the subject?
3: <laughs> No, I was just reading uh, John D's uh, uh, input in the chat uh, that we are most often lonely to our authentic self and so turn our attention. Uh, maybe John D would like to just ex- yeah, uh, explore go, go on, before, before I step in. Uh,
2: Yeah, that's very nice, Gopin. Um, I I just said that often that sense of loneliness is because we don't actually know ourselves. We haven't spent any time allowing ourselves to know ourselves, And so that that void or pull or sense of empty, we often look to others to fill that. And we can call that lonely, but I believe it all starts with us. Yes, yes.
0: Okay. Well, I just wanted to share a poem or an excerpt from a poem by the um, poet called Hafiz in, you know, 800 AD. So this is a feeling that's been around forever, right? And he talks about loneliness as a gift. He says, um, don't surrender your loneliness so quickly. Let it cut more deep. Let it ferment and season you as few human or even divine ingredients can um so loneliness can be a gift if you use it as a journey of learning about what's happening inside you
1: um i think for me what's what's coming strongly out of this and it is the it is as far as i'm concerned the human wisdom approach is that we we often look outside of ourselves to solve the problems that are inside. Mm. We often look for the solutions out there. Mm. And that in itself brings its own problems, you know, with the expectations that somebody else might solve that problem for us or, or make us feel less lonely or connected. And the, the, the most powerful approach um, is to look inside, is to remain curious and see what's going on in here. Because as far as I'm concerned, we've got everything that we'll ever need already inside us. Yes. yes. It's all there. Yes. We came with it. We came with it. And it's already there. And it's just about trying to discover that. So, you know, Sandra is... That's that kind of the point that, that you made, Sandra, about, you know, that there's a there's a kind of an emptiness, if you like, or a loneliness, you know, following the death of your husband. that's. But what you need is inside you. It's already there. And that's not to say that there isn't a still a connection there. As far as I'm concerned, it's still there. It's just about discovering what's going on inside you in order for you to, to discover actually it's already there. Yes. It's all there, everything you need is already and there. And
0: for those who are listening, who think they, this to them it seems like a different language, you know, like everything is already inside you. They'll say, huh, hey, what are you talking about? And for them, I'd say the human wisdom app offers, this is what we've created, something, a step-by-step-by-step journey for you to take that journey inwards. And I love what Jandi said, which was to sit with that. We never allow ourselves to sit with that feeling of loneliness. We're always, the mind is always devising ways to run away. And in our digital age, even much more so, right? Um, uh, Dinika, do you want to come in and talk about what you've just put on the chat or shall I just read it for, for everyone? Okay, so Dinika is saying, I think as everyone rightly pointed, everything boils down to self awareness and being curious about getting to know ourselves better so that we can form a healthy relationship with ourselves. We do that in our relationship with our spouses. Why don't we do that with ourselves? I think that's a really beautiful question. Only then we would be able to give to other relationships and form deeper connections with others. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. That kind of chimes with everything we've been we've been saying. And as we rightly said, Dominic, perhaps the answer, the problem lies in maybe it's not even a problem. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> By labeling it a problem, that's the beginning of yeah. the challenge, right?
3: So anyway. Uh, ah, Gopalan. Yeah. Uh thanks. Uh so I I found that when when we talk about loneliness, it was also a form of uh, hurting ourselves, mm. because we we are actually allowing thought uh, to just get bigger and bigger. And I mean, we, we, we talk about uh, we have sixty to eighty thousand thoughts that zoom by every day. And a good 90% or 99% is not even touching you Mm. because it's just going by, right? But we are holding on to that one thought and hurting ourselves. Yes. So maybe
0: we've created, we've created, calling it loneliness is we've created a problem. Do you know what I mean? We could just maybe, (laughs) if you call it ice cream, maybe our approach to it would be totally different. (laughs) You see if we call it a chocolate cake or something, you know what I mean? It's just like a feeling that we have to be with. And by labeling it a problem, maybe that as you said Dominic earlier calling it social anxiety, you know all of those things creates a challenge. It's just a feeling that we need to learn from what's behind
1: it you know? Well one one person's butterflies in the stomach will be anxiety to another's excitement.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much to everyone who's joined us on this Human Wisdom call today or this event. This podcast came to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more, please download the Human Wisdom app or visit humanwisdom.me. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.